everybody. Welcome to the Legacy Podcast. My name is Bill Dupenthaler. And I'm Mike Conan, and this is a podcast for disciples who want to make disciples. Hey, everybody. It's Bill here with Mike, and we are really glad to be with you again this week. You remember last week, hopefully you had a chance to listen to our podcast. We talked about six reasons why groups don't become, why small groups don't become discipleship groups. And man, it was so interesting as we talked about that, that to realize there there are a lot of groups that, that do great in terms of being support groups, and there are lots of Bible studies out there, but man, there's there there's really are not a ton of groups that that actually end up really being discipleship groups, and 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 we talked about all the reasons for that last week, and and uh, if you haven't heard that podcast yet, I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to that, but um, but we're going to move forward a little bit uh, today, and 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 talk about so not only not only do small groups often never end up becoming discipleship groups but even when when the leader of a of a small group is really pushing towards people becoming disciple makers and that kind of thing maybe some of the people end up kind of getting the vision of that and doing it but but many people people that love God and 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 are following Christ and are doing well they never end up becoming disciple makers, and and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, today. Uh, why is it that people don't end up doing what we're talking about doing? So, Mike, I'm going to let you uh, kick it off here with that. Well, it's funny, Bill. I uh, I was at a golf tournament this last weekend with three buddies and all Christians, and I told them about the journey that you and I've been on over the last couple of years of asking people these same two questions, you know, and and you've been doing it and. For two years, I've been doing it for a little bit less than that, um, but but still partnering with you and thinking about it and doing it. What were the first two question, questions? Oh, yeah, okay, you're yeah, going to it right now. Yeah, yeah first go. question, yeah, being, you know, do you think all followers of Jesus are called to make disciples, including you? You know, and and I know you've asked that question over the last couple of years hundreds of times, and I've asked it dozens and dozens of times to people, and I've been surprised by the answers, and I don't know if you have too, but uh, for those who are followers of Jesus, and again, these are folks who are Christians now, and, and especially if they're pretty steeped in the word, uh, Christians, uh, I've been shocked that the num- the answer is almost always yes. Has that been yeah. your experience too? Well, yeah. And and uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and, and, and actually on our website, ourtruelegacy.com, we have uh, this this little article that was written called The Fishless Fisherman. And, and yeah. it, it's the same question. Do you believe that that every fisherman should fish? And and yeah. people would say, well, of course, that's what a fisherman is. They fish. Yeah, exactly. We use that. We closed the podcast with that last time. It was great. Yeah. Uh, and so and I, I want to say that I actually thought that people might give a different answer. I thought that they might say, no, I think we're supposed to be nice and loving and and. I thought that people may not be aware of the Great Commission. And, but you know what? Most of the people I talk to are very aware of it. Yeah. And so in some ways, churches are doing a good job. Pastors and, and others, are, are they've, they've created an awareness of this call to make disciples. And so the second question, of course, relates to it, which is, you know, um, so what are you doing about it? And how many disciples have you made? And 
That's the question that uh, I have really been even more shocked at the the response. Yeah. And I don't I don't know how yours has been, but most of the people that I have talked to could not even name one person who they'd invested in for the sake of Christ. Yeah. Now, they yeah. they might have mentored people in business or they might have befriended people who were hurting and been nice to them or generous to them, but not to the level of what we would call making a disciple in the sense that Jesus said, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Yeah. You know, where there's a study of the word and there's an obedience that is part of it and the Holy Spirit's orchestrating it all. Yeah. Is that and, been your experience too? Yeah. And and again, like that, like the, the fishless fisherman is a person a fisherman if year after year even though they call themselves a fisherman they never ever go fishing and they never ever catch any fish and so as i'm talking to these guys i tell them these two questions you've been asking one of the guys who does this by the way who's awesome at it he's he's mentored uh, and been a missionary and all these things um and and disciple made disciples said well you got to ask him the third question. How come you didn't ask him the third question? And I said, you know, I don't know. I, maybe it was because I already felt like I knew the answer. But, you know, and his, of course, the third question that he's thinking of was, well, why? Why haven't you done it? You know, if you know you're supposed yeah. to or you feel called to do it, but you're not doing it, why? Yeah. And so, and and I felt a little like, okay, maybe, gosh, maybe we do need to ask that third question because that is what our ministry is here is trying to figure out how we would help people who want to, but who are not. That's the whole point of our ministry, right? Right. I want to make disciples, but they're not. And so then I asked them. This is where it got interesting. So I've got three believers around the table here in our golf. We're having lunch. And and I asked them the question, well, why do you think? And, you know, sometimes the first response is just really crucial. Like, and to be honest with you, Bill, I think you and I have been doing this for so long, we don't even always can't always relate to people and where they're at. I, and, and so I think things that I have reasons for, and we've talked about those, but these guys and their first response, all three of them was, uh, I basically it would come down to fear and insecurity. Hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to look bad to that. I don't want them to, to think bad of me. I don't want it to go bad. I don't want to lose the relationship. I don't, but I would say it all is summed up in fear and insecurity. And so we're going to spend today's podcast, you know, listening to you in some ways who have told us this is the number one reason why uh, we're not, you're not making disciples, even though you know you're called to, you're not doing it. And yeah. so we want to unpack that a little bit and say, well, what is it? What's fear? What's insecurity? And yeah. kind of dig into those things a little bit. Yeah, I'm a pretty decent snow skier, and and you know, and and I can get down almost anything. But uh, <laughs> as I've gotten older, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I get I get to the edge of some of those those uh, steeper black diamond or double black diamond runs, and I, I remember one time a couple of years ago. Uh, one of my buddies was like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, you, yeah, you can do it. And I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I know I can, but I don't like pain and I don't like fear. <laughs> and so you have fun. I'm going around and I'll see you at the bottom. 
And I think that really is pretty accurate. I, I think that's a, and I think that's what these guys were describing. As soon as I asked that question in their gut, they felt fear. Yeah. In their gut, they felt insecurity. In their gut, they felt like, oh, I don't want to do that. That, yeah. you know, for that exact reason. And honestly, when it comes to disciple making, I think all of us have a little bit of that. But uh, there's definitely you as a person who's been doing this for so long and me to some degree, too. Uh, people might look at the outside and think, oh, those guys, they, they don't they don't have fears. They don't have insecurities. And in some ways, it's true, because the more you do it, the less you're driven by fear and the less you're driven by insecurity. But we certainly all have our moments. Yeah. You and know, I we, think and, and I think it's just a lot easier to <laughs> just to keep the snow skiing thing for a second, you know, to kind of take the, the the blue square and 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 just kind of go down and it's fun and and relaxing and and you and you're with your buddies and and but there's not a lot of risk, there's not a lot of fear and and you know, but it's still fun and it's still good. Uh, yeah, the cruiser runs, yeah. baby. The cruiser <laughs> runs. Nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, we've all had those cruiser runs. I mean, and the older we get, the more I enjoy them and the more fun they are. You're right, Bill. They, it is really a fun way to get down the hill. And uh, <laughs> at the same time, it is a good way to avoid injury and all those other things that, that you were talking about. But that's a good right. segue for us. You know, as we're talking about fear and we're talking about insecurity and stuff, we want to we dig into that. And to be honest with you, uh, neither of us got a psychology degree um, but we uh, didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night either. So honestly, um, we're amateur psychologists to some degree, but we've also been walking with people through life and fear for a long time. Right. And so we've certainly seen the effect of fear in our own lives. We've seen the effect of fear in other people's lives. And, and both of us have had moments where we soar and have boldness and courage. And we've also had moments when we have had some challenges and struggles and um most yeah everyone has to some degree so well let's dig into it uh and specifically let's start with the question of what effect does fear have on us what effect does fear have on us and you know there's a a lot that can be said about fear of course and um, but i think the number one thing that stands out to me of what fear does is fear causes us not to risk Fear causes us right. not to risk. Because, Bill, as you were describing that mountain, you know, you're looking down and you're seeing the triggies, you're seeing the moguls, and you're seeing the potential rocks or cliffs or whatever. And part of you is like, man, I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> you know, right. I've, right. I've, I've right. felt pain before. And the older we get, the, the more we don't want to get hurt, uh, especially physically, because we know it takes longer to recover. Now, maybe emotionally, it takes us less time to recover as we get older, but uh, certainly physically, it takes us more time to recover. But I think that's the source. If we were to come down to fear of what it is, is we do not like pain. Nobody likes pain. I mean, it, yeah. we, we don't want to feel it. We don't, we don't want to hurt, you know, and that we have this natural preservation in us, uh, our natural part of us that is wants to preserve ourselves. This, this self-preservation is a central part of who, who we are. And, and it's it's undeniable. And in fact, the people that you know most blow my mind were, were coming out of Memorial Day are soldiers, you know, who who right. set aside that that self preservation instinct that we all have for to step forward into places where they won't be preserved, and so that other people, not even for themselves, but so other people can have freedoms, and other people can have liberties, and and 
it's it's a rare person that could step beyond their own worries about pain and and what potential pain could be there. Uh, so we don't risk uh, pursuing making disciples because uh, we're afraid that that you know it's not going to work out. We're gonna we're gonna you know people are gonna think we're weird or whatever. And and so uh, in instead we we kind of justify what we're doing. And, and, and we have a, a nice little, you know, Bible study. We have a nice support group. Uh, we have nice Christian lives, uh, but it's, but it's kind of safe. It's, it's sort of the, the, the blue square of, of following Christ. Yeah. I, One problem with that though, right? Yeah. God didn't call us to blue squares. Well, you, you know, it is interesting, right? And that's where the analogy breaks down a little bit. Let's be honest. I mean, it's a great yeah. analogy, but recreational skiing where you could pick which first world problem, first of all. Uh, but thinking about it in terms of, you know, you pick which route you want to go down and it is kind of up to you. If, if your buddies want you to go down a black diamond run and you don't want to go, oh, well, you know, like you may, you yeah. may lose a few man points, but it's not like you're, you know, <laughs> doing anything wrong per se. And, right, but in right. the story of Christ, you know, it, the Great Commission is is not an optional item. I know God doesn't send us up to the mountain of Christianity and say, you know, just choose your own adventure up there. You know, if if you want to just be a loving person, great, fantastic. I mean, if you if you want to, <laughs> you know, just raise a nice family, fantastic. You know, just pick your own cruiser run to go down. If you want to just have a good job and make a lot of money and all that stuff, yeah, just pick that. You know, he gives us his word to give us direction, and and, and that is what we right. think. Basically, it's Jesus saying, "No, you're going down the black diamond run. If you're a follower of mine, yeah. uh, this is where we're going." And the nice part is, you know, of course, we'll talk about that and later on in the podcast is he's there with us, and and he's our. If you were to think right. of him like the ski guide, the the tour, but it's not an optional item. Christians don't get the option of saying, "No, I choose blue run Christianity," or "No, I choose green run Christianity." That's what I want. <laughs> Uh, when in actuality, yeah. that is what we're doing. You know, we're we're allowing fear to get the best of us. And like you said, what ends up happening, I think, is is we don't want that pain so much. And it's not an, an actual thing, I think, that we consciously think, oh, man, I am not going to do it. But we, we end up subconsciously, I think, making a lot of decisions to protect ourselves from potential pain and potential reject, yeah. rejection and those things. And and. Honestly, it causes us to pursue a less dangerous life. Uh, we, we pursue a safe yeah. life. Could it be that God is calling us to a dangerous life? Well, I think that's it. I mean, that's certainly what he called his disciples to, uh, in, you know, in the New Testament and the Gospels. And it, it kind of seems like that hasn't changed. <laughs> My wife watched a shark movie the other night and, and the, you know, the, the whole thing was about whether people should get in the water or not. And there's the quote unquote crazy people that are getting in the water and knowing there's a shark in there. And she, she did not like it, by the way, freaked out, scared her to death. Okay. Uh, but having said that, I'm like, man, that's kind of what Christianity is, is yeah, there's sharks and Jesus is saying, get in the water. And, and yeah. that's what it feels like to a lot of people. Anyway, you know, it feels that, that yeah. terrifying uh, to folks. I like, like the happy days when Fonzie jumped over the shark tank when we were kids, you know, and I don't know if you remember that episode, but it was exciting. And and uh, but there's that danger of yeah, you got you got to go for it. And and there's the joy too, right? There's the joy when we do. Yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, if I were to wrap up this whole thing on fear, I would just say this too. Fear also has this emotional component uh, to it. And especially when we are, it can be paralyzing. That emotion that we feel can almost just stop us in our tracks. And especially some of us more than others. If we've, you know, been hurt more than others, perhaps, or if we've been um, maybe in a spot where uh, we feel more vulnerable than others, uh, we can really be trapped by that emotion. And that emotion can be so strong to, to preserve ourselves, protect ourselves, that we we can't get, get past it on our own. So when you were talking to your buddies about the reasons why they don't make disciples, uh, and they mentioned uh, fear and insecurity, how do you differentiate uh, we talked about fear. Uh, what about the idea of insecurity? You know, I mean, how is that different from fear or, or how do you describe this, this whole idea of being insecure? Well, I think fear has a lot to do with not being in control of our circumstances, you know? So like, we don't know how it's going to turn out. If you knew for sure going down that black diamond run that you were going to nail it and no injuries, yeah. you would do it just for the sheer exhilaration of it, just like disciple making, right. you know? And in fear, we think of it's an unknown outcome that we can't control, uh, and so it's scary. Uh, but insecurity is more of a central internal thing that is inside of us that really wants to be accepted and is driven by being accepted and wanted and feeling significant and feeling important. And those are the things that uh, we want to be included. We, we want to be a part of the in-group, not a part of the out-group. And I was thinking about this, that uh, I don't know if The Simpsons ruined it for everybody, but Ned Flanders on The Simpsons, you know, is portrayed as the Christian character. And I honestly think a lot of guys think, man, I don't want to be Ned Flanders. I That's don't want right. to be the Heidi Ho, you know, guy who comes across as the cheesy idiot uh, in reality, if you know much about The Simpsons and you, you've watched it, he, uh, Ned is actually right about everything. Uh, Ned's life is better. Ned, <laughs> it, everything about Ned is better. And the problem is Ned is so much better than Homer uh, that it's, that's the, the, the challenge that's there. Um, but having said all that, I think guys don't want to come across in a way that, where they'll be rejected. And, and, yeah. and especially they don't want to fail. And I, I think that's the yeah. thing, right? I mean... Maybe you could talk about that a little bit as failure. What, what's your thoughts on failure and men and, and those things, Bill? Well, I think that's, that's, that's one of the things that, that, that uh, I mean, yeah, it's paralyzing. Because, because the idea of failure uh, is, is almost unacceptable for most guys. Yeah. And, and, and so, uh, again, it, I mean, it, a lot of this is very similar, you know, so out of the fear or insecurity and, and not wanting to fail, we we take the 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 safer route. We take the less risky route. We we avoid the the decisions that may potentially lead to failure. Yeah. And so so we we we, we don't make the decision at all. We avoid it, uh, and and that's what happens with this idea of making disciples. Uh, is Man, I you know I have no idea whether I could do that, um, and whether it would work out, and so I'm I'm just I'm, I I don't want to fail, so I'm going to just do something else. Well, and the country cousin of failure, of course, is rejection. Like you said, you know I can, yeah. I, you and I both have had history of asking uh, women out, and 
Uh, there are times when they said yes and times when they said no. And each time there's that moment between the ask and the response that your stomach is just in your pit. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen here. And yeah, and it is. And I've certainly had people say no. It's certainly thankful that my wife said yes. Uh, you know, one out of 300 is pretty good, you know, and uh. <laughs> good job. But, you know, you think back in high school, uh, I just speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure that the, most guys would relate to this. There were times where I sat at home alone on weekend nights because I didn't want to ask a girl out on a date or even didn't want to initiate with some of my friends because I was afraid of being rejected. And, yeah. you know, what if I call up one of my friends? Hey, let's go hang out. And they're like, uh, well, actually, you know, me and so-and-so, we're already kind of, you know, doing something right now. But, you know, hey, maybe next week. Yeah, I, oh. I don't want to face oh, that. Oh, worst feeling ever. So I'd rather sit at home. I would rather just sit at home alone and, and not know whether or not I would have been rejected or not. Yeah, total worst feeling ever. And at the same time, I think we've all had enough of those experiences that we do have a little bit of insecurity in us. We do have a little bit of us that is can really be challenged when it comes to setting aside our insecurities and setting those things aside to... to none of us wants to be on the have-not list. And I think we're right. worried that we're if we take that step of discipleship, we, we could get rejected and end up on that. I don't want to listen. Sometimes it's subconscious, to be fair, and not consciously. And and yeah, it, and we want to be accepted yeah. by people. Uh, but you know, Mike, I love your the, the and we'll probably be referring to this forever. But you know, this the, the analogy of the, the 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 golf goggles where you can see the what the goggles you the, see the golf balls. Well, that's that's the idea of living by the spirit and 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 seeing with with your spiritual eyes and hearing with your spiritual ears what's really going on. And when you live that way, you you are not living for the praise of men. You're living for the praise of God. And you see life uh, for what it really is. So you, so you don't have that, that, that need to be accepted by others. You're not living for that need to be accepted by others. Instead, you're living for... Um, What's God? What God's called you to do? Right, your identity is not in how how loved am I by so and so? Am I in the in group? Does the right person like right. me? Whoever that might be, if you're a Christian, and we'll talk about this in a second, the right person does like you. The right person made you. Yeah. <laughs> right. The right person right. died for you. The right person gave his spirit to live inside of you. And so, yeah, that I hear that, and maybe, maybe that's a good transition then into you know. Yeah. What, what remedy does God provide for our fears and insecurities? And why, you want to take number one there, Bill? What's, what's your thoughts? Well, for sure, God doesn't want us to live in fear. I mean, I, in the Bible, it's just, it's just throughout the whole Bible. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. Over and over and over again, Jesus said it. And, and it's throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. God doesn't want us to live in fear. Yeah, it's the number one command in the Bible, far and away. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's not an optional item either, too. Like I, 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 there is no such thing as a spiritual gift of worry. There's no such thing as a spiritual gift of anxiety. It, some people hang on to that like it's their spiritual gift. Well, I worry so you won't have to, and I'm like, 
I don't think either of us has to worry. <laughs> In fact, no, I think no. I think Jesus even makes it a commandment not to worry. The Apostle Paul makes it well, a yeah. commandment not to worry and to not live in fear. It, yeah. Yeah, well, and worrying is a lot like starting up your car and leaving it in park and and revving it up and just sitting there for hours running the engine. You burn a lot of fuel, but you don't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. That's such a great it's such a great analogy. Or it'd be the equivalent of sitting on top of the run there when you're looking down at that black diamond and just quaking in your boots, literally your ski boots, for an hour. Yeah. And by the time you're done quaking in your boots, you're so tired you couldn't go down the run. So you go over the cruiser run. Uh, and I yeah, think that is yeah. what ends up happening a lot of the time, too. We get paralyzed by our own fear. And God doesn't want that for us. He wants us yeah. to have the joy and just the sheer uh, rush of, of uh, energy and his spirit's presence with us when we make disciples, just like that, that run that we are talking about. And you can tell we're, we're thinking yeah. logging for skiing. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shameless plug. For our good friends, Mike and Lance, if you ever want to listen to a podcast about skiing, On the Lift podcast yep. is, a, is a fun one. Nothing, nothing about discipleship and all that kind of stuff, but it's, but it's a fun uh, podcast about skiing, On the Lift, yeah, right? Yeah, they do a great job. Love those guys. Yeah. You know, and let's just, but, just keep going with this just a minute more. Yeah. Saying, the other thing that we got to remember is this gospel of Jesus, like we were talking about before, is you are accepted. You are wanted. And the more yeah. that we lean into that, the more that we understand that the God of the universe has a place for us, that the most important person says you are worthy, you are welcome, and you belong here. Uh, then the more that we live into that, the more that we get that as our center core, uh, the more that we're going to be able to boldly live in the world. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the things that stands out to me is this, when I was in seminary, I had this gospel center class that rocked my world, and he talked about orphans and and children of God and the difference between the two. And he used this analogy of an orphan light. It's like this big red mm. light that blinks every time somebody would act like an orphan. And so uh, I always think about that when I see somebody who's paralyzed by fear, somebody who's paralyzed by insecurity, or even in myself. When my orphan light is going off, your orphan light is going mm. off. You don't belong. You're not good enough. Uh, they're going to reject you. God's not with you. This this is going to fail. And the whole neighborhood's going to know what a uh, Ned Flanders you are and fill in the blank of what it it, it might be, you know, but that that's an orphan light going off and saying, oh, I'm not loved. I'm not wanted. I've got to find my wanting and love from other people and how they treat me. And instead... Yeah. The God of the universe says, no, you are welcomed, you are loved, and I've got a plan and purpose for you. And and that's the good part. And and maybe the other thing I can just tie into that really quick is, frankly, Bill, life on earth is short, too. I mean, it's short. Yeah. And so even if we are rejected, even if we do fail, and even if we, the worst thing happens, it's a short-term thing. Uh, compared to eternity yeah. with Jesus, we are never going to be regretting taking risks on this earth. I don't believe we'll ever regret taking risks on this earth and failing. But I do think yeah. that we will regret if we spend our entire lives on the cruiser runs, knowing that God has called us to the black diamonds. And so, yeah. Well, and also, you know, what did Jesus say? Uh, he said, he said, do not fear. But he also said, I will be with you always. I will be with you. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, those times, when I have gone down those those black diamond runs, it's it's I've never done it alone. I've always done it with 
somebody that was a better skier than me that, that said, no, tell you what, look, I'm going to go first and I want you to watch uh, my line where I go and, and just do what I do. Follow me. And, and, um, and whenever I've done that, it's worked out pretty darn well. Yeah, that's a that's such a great analogy, and I think that's just a great way for us to kind of wind this down. To uh, Bill is that's the context of the Great Commission, everybody. And I know we've yeah. said this before, but let's just it's it bears repeating. The context of the Great Commission is that Jesus has gathered his disciples, and it says they've worshipped him, but some doubted. And so that's when Jesus gives his commandment again to them to go and make disciples. The context is they doubted, they had fears, they had insecurities. You're not alone. We're not alone. The disciples who are yeah. right in the presence of Jesus said, wait a minute, if you're leaving, how do you expect us to do this? We're afraid. We got insecurities. And Jesus says to them, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then he gives them this little piece that says, and surely I am with you always. And then he started off, of course, with that line of all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is in control, and Jesus says that as you do what he's called you to do, he's going to be right there with you, just like you suggested, Bill. Going right, You go right in his tracks, and you'll be fine. And that's what we're trying to teach people to do, is to go in the tracks of Jesus. And Yeah. So, Okay, so I get all that, Mike. Uh, I'm the person that's listening now. <laughs> uh, and I, I get it. I get it. Jesus loves us. Take risks. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be okay. But, okay, let's just talk practical nuts and bolts. How the heck do I overcome my fears and insecurities and actually start making disciples? I think that's going to be a great topic for our next podcast. Hang, hang tough and hang tight because next, next week, that's all we're going to talk about is how do we practically do this? What are some tips that you and I have from our 50 plus years of doing this? Yep. Uh, that we can pass on to people that can help them make it a little easier. Because maybe that is the bottom line. You're ready to take that next step. And hopefully we've challenged you enough where you're like, you know what? I know I need to be on that black diamond. What do I got to do, guys? And if that's you, hang on for next week because it's going to be good. But we thank you for listening today. Uh, And again, check out our website, uh, www.rtruelegacy.com. And this is our season of giving and our season of generosity. And we are uh, hoping to get more and more folks who would be uh, generous in their support of our ministry. And uh, please check us out on the website there and prayerfully consider partnering with us uh, because we do have expenses and we, we do have things that we're trying to do to change the world to make more disciples. And let's just end it with this. Let us all go and be disciple makers today. Amen. Amen. Amen.